Hello and welcome to the 42 Rugby Podcast. We'll be looking back on a historic weekend for Irish rugby. Ireland had their first ever win over the Springboks on South African soil and the Ireland Under-20s beat New Zealand for the first time ever at the World Rugby Under-20 Championship. We're delighted to be joined by Johnny Murphy, formerly of Leicester and Munster. And we're going to be looking at Ireland's tactics before the red card, which we'll also discuss in some depth, CJ Sanders' red card. We'll talk about their tactics after that and how they changed. We'll look at Jared Payne's influence at 15 and we'll look forward to the second test when Ireland can make history again with a test series win. Johnny, thanks a million for coming in. Uh, an amazing day for Irish rugby. First of all, that Irish under-20s win. Is that a big watershed moment, you think, for Irish rugby? Yeah, I think so. I think it gives, um, I suppose, every rugby team in Ireland a bit of confidence, confidence boost to do that on such a big stage. Um, those lads are going to get a massive boost for the rest of the tournament and they feel that they probably can go on and win it. So, yeah, it's a great way. It was a great way to start. And yeah, I think you find that a lot of the guys would have been, I know it's a couple of hours before their own kickoff, but they would have been keeping an eye on it. So, you know, it, it just keeps it going the whole way up through the level. So it's, it's great to see. Mm, it, does it does lift the whole kind of nation. Those play, like Nigel Carroll, the head coach, he often talks about, look, Ireland under-20s is a development tool. Obviously, they wouldn't want, want to win that tournament, but do you see a lot of potential in some of those guys to, to push on into maybe senior international? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think there's certainly an improvement there. I suppose the more time they spend under Nigel, the more they've improved. You look at where they've come from, the Six Nations, you know, first out against Wales, Grand Slam champions beat them, then beat the reigning champions in New Zealand. So, you know, that's that, that's a massive improvement. And the more those guys, the more game time they get, the more exposure they are, they get to the game at a higher level. You know, the, the kind of world is their oyster, really, because the guy they'll improve by playing. So when they go back to their provinces, if they can get A games, you know, they can dip in and out of the first team, even training with the first team lads, they'll improve massively. And that's where their opportunity comes from. Mm, really exciting. Big game for them on Wednesday against Georgia. Let's look at Ireland's win in South Africa. An amazing win, one of the greatest ever, 26-20 in Cape Town. A sensational result. The big talking point, and the thing that changed the whole game, was that red card. CJ Sander, yes or no, was it a red card? Uh, I'm unfortunately going to have to sit on the fence. It's one of those ones where he's given a yellow card. Um, people are going to be talking about it anyway. People are going to say it should have been red. If, you know, as is, it's a red card. People are talking, oh, it probably should have been yellow. I do know, I know CJ very well. There was absolutely no malice in that. He's not a dirty player. Um, it's one of those unfortunate incidents that he leaves his feet. He can't control himself in the area. And then the impact... It is a horrific impact. It's you know one of CJ's hardest points is hip bone and it catches Pat Lambie on uh, you know on his chin and and that's probably the most unfortunate thing about it. If Pat Lambie had got up, shaken himself off, and it wasn't such a you know such a horrific bang, then you know it probably would have been a yellow card. So it, it's a very unfortunate incident for CJ. It was a big day for him, um, and I'm I'm just gutted for him because I know that there was no intention he probably would have played with Pat Lambie at some stage um, and they'd know and you know straight away after the game people were saying he went in to check on him mm -hmm. make sure he was okay so look it's just one of those unfortunate incidents that happened but either way yellow or red people are going to be talking about it anyway um, but I, I think it was the blow that uh, and they're just at the moment with everything that's going on in the game they're very much looking at incidents like this from a safety perspective and that's probably what, what, what controls the decision at the end of the day. So, yeah, it, it's an unfortunate incident, but you see the collision. And I, I thought maybe common sense might have prevailed when the referee asked, oh, can I look at that in real time? Because they were doing a lot of slow-mos, and that, that makes it a lot worse. 
when he asked to see it in real time, I was thinking, okay, maybe it, it is a yellow, and that's gonna uh, and common sense will prevail. But yeah, look, I would be leaning on on kind of more the yellow side than red. But I'd be a bit biased the fact that I'd know CJ. So uh, yeah, it did it did look bad though, even in real time. Obviously, no malice. I, I think mm. he, he went straight into Lambie, as you said mm. afterwards. They're good mates. They played under twenties together, mm. actually. Um, but you got to control your body, you know. Yeah. Th as you say, the hip into the face. It, it doesn't generally happen when someone's trying to block down a kick. Yeah. No matter what you say, look, he's just trying to block the kick. Lambie's. Uh, he actually put boot to ball before CJ left the ground. So I just mm. think it was a little bit reckless. Uh, for me, it was probably a yellow card. And as mm. you say, I think it was a little bit based on that outcome of Lambie being yeah. stranded on the ground. But look, as it turned out, Ireland actually rallied. It turned into this sensational 14 slash 13 man performance mm. at some stages. But one of the things we want to talk about is, is before the red card, because that, it was a really positive start from Ireland. They were 10-3 up after 19 minutes, like really strong start. And some of the play was actually very positive. Did, did, you, did you find that Ireland approached those opening minutes with more, maybe more confidence than you expected? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I think the very first uh, play, you'll see they, they hit, hit the wide channel straight away. You know, they run a nice little tunnel and then Robbie Henshaw gets the ball and he throws a long ball out and tries to give, um, you know, tries to give Andrew Trimble a one-on-one -on, -one on the edge. Which is great to see because yeah. that's probably the thing Robbie needs to add for Ireland is we haven't seen him do that, especially now when he's in the 13 shirt, is being a bit of a creator because he's been a Bosch merchant, hasn't mm. he? Understandably so, because he's such a strong carrier. But but great to see that I think. Yeah, and I think you know playing a ball player at twelve, that'd be one thing I'd be big fan of. Um, you know, with guys that I've played with through my career, you know, Daryl Gibson or Major, they add a massive difference when they play at uh, when you play a ball player at twelve. They see things and they help out the ten a lot. So you have a second set of hands, very much, you know, w which can lend itself to playing like that. So it takes the pressure off a bit as well, you know, and it means that you can get the ball to Robbie in those wider channels because he is a good distributor. It's just about giving the opportunity to do it at, at, at 13. And, you know, yesterday was, it was, was a good step forward for Ireland in that way and a very positive start, as you said. And that instant probably just had to bring them back into, the, into their shell a bit, which then they went a bit more off nine, a bit more kicking. But that's just the way the game the way the game fell, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if they keep 15 men <laughs> next weekend, how, how the game plan actually evolves. You, you mentioned that ball playing 12. Luke Marshall also gives you a second kicking option at 12. And I thought that was really interesting for the first try. He was the assist with a, with a gorgeous grubber for Jared Payne. We have the situation set up here. Um, and, and Marshall had a few more kicks as well. Mm -hmm. Really, really positive performance from him, I thought, on his return to, to test rugby. But we have the situation set up here for that try. And I thought the interesting thing was probably that there was no sweeper in behind. So, so Luke Marshall sees all this space in behind. And generally, would there be someone in behind kind of covering that space? Or yeah, what, what worked there with the South Africans? What happened was, you see here at this stroke, they actually go around the corner once more. And the nine and the, the, nine and the South African nine and winger are together here on the edge. Mm. The nine ends up making the tackle. He gets at the bottom. He's stuck at the bottom of the rook. Then the winger should realize oh, okay, there's no sweeper in behind because that's the nine's role. So that's a left wing. That's a left wing coming across, and he doesn't realise that, which leaves all that space there. They come off, they hit they hit the middle then, and it's quick ball there, it goes straight to Luke, Luke Marsh, and he ends up putting the grubber through. But that job in behind, especially in this area of the park where you want to get some line speed, come off the line, put them under pressure, that means then that the nine's big job with the back three together is trying to marshal all this kick space in behind. They had no one there. 15 was over here closing the gate and that, that's where the space came from. Yeah, interesting that also that Ireland actually had good width on that. Mm. We've spoken about, in the past, we've spoken about them being very narrow, but yet Earl's out here. Payne actually starts in a wide position and then comes narrow once mm. he realises the kick's on. But, but just in that sense, it was two regal carries. I think it was Stander and then Henderson, the yeah. two primary carriers. Yeah. 
where exactly, like if the nine was in the line, is he lining up in with the ball or where does he actually work from? Is he in behind here and then sweeping or does he start? No, I mean generally, he'll tr first of all, he'll look at the rook to see if he needs to plug like he did the time when CJ carried around the corner. He actually came in here to plug plug a hole okay. and he ended up making the tackle. But then when he then he should be in a situation where he's in here. If there's no one there, then he just moves, follow the ball in behind so he can be the first to the ball. Because you'd be hoping what happened, and actually happened when Robbie came through. Robbie came through, he got blocked, which then would give him enough time to get to gather, to, that, to, ball. To gather that ball. And you see, you see what happens when um, in the second half when Jackson makes that fabulous break and he chips the ball over. The, the nine is in his in his sweeper role, and he actually ends up covering covering the kick. Okay. And that's the difference in in a try and, and no try because he he's covering all that space in behind. Okay, is that a breakdown in communication? Is that maybe a lack of familiarity between Mvovo and Declerc? Uh, yeah, I'd probably say so. Um, and then it's just a, a lack of recognition. I suppose you're in your 22 and it can get a small bit panicky with the noise, everything with the crowd. So you just need to have that clear communication. And then if by chance that communication hasn't filtered in, you need to get your eyes up and recognise, oh, I'm needed, I have to get, get across there. Okay, how, how does it work from Ireland's point of view? Because is it just on Marshall to see that space or does it come from pain, does it come from Earls? How does the backline actually function? Are you always scanning for that space? You would generally always be scanning for that uh, that space. It would be something that they probably would have spoken about. I think during the week they definitely looked at their kicking game. The Grubbers were, were something that they used. You know, even you see uh, Keith Earls in the they had an advantage. He got the, he got a one on one and he went to, it got blocked down. But even from the first two or three minutes, you saw that was something that they recognised. They pinged the corners quite well, so it was obviously in their mind. Um, I think you'll find that probably that's a case with the sec with Luke Marshall at, at, at 12. I think that's probably his ability as a, as a former 10 to see that space. And then you have someone like Jared outside him who is you know, an incredibly good scanner and that's probably what, what lends himself. It's a quick call, you react and everyone runs through. Because you'll find that, as you said, Payne was out here, Robbie was here, but when it was called, you see there's a big shift in their line. So they actually yeah. all called. So there was a definite call. It wasn't just, oh, I'll put it there and hopefully someone will make it. It was a reaction to where the space was. Yeah, gorgeous kick from Marston. Really good composure, I thought. He, mm. did, he was composed throughout. He looks like a more mature player, but a really positive start from Ireland. Then everything changes with the red card. And I thought they really looked rattled at that. There was a mistake after mistake. Obviously gave up mm. the try, gave up the penalty. There was a scrum penalty in the field. There was a knock on by Murphy. It does affect uh, you, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think what... I, and that was when I was watching, I was going, oh, okay, they're rattled here. And they scored a try, came back up. Jackson kicked the ball dead straight away out that. Then there was a scrum back in the uh, in the middle of the pitch. Penalty. And then you're going, oh, oh, right. Those two or three minutes are where the game was won and lost. They rallied. Um, I think their scramble defence all day was incredible. And that period when, um, after the try, when Robbie got, um, got sin-binned, they all just, you know they all just rallied and they worked worked for each other um, and you know for that 10 minute period not a lot of people know but you've lost you're down to 13 men if you commit two people to any rook you only have 11 players on your feet yeah. that's you know you're going to be struggling there massively and to lose two key defensive players you know CJ's your six he marshals your blind side and then you've got Robbie who's your you know, you're 13, who's your main defensive player in the backs. He's a main organiser. And to lose them for, ten, for you know, well, to lose CJ for 60 minutes and to lose Robbie for those, that 10-minute period where you're down to 13 men, but two defensive organisers gone was incredible to see. And, and their work rate for that 10-minute period was 
what won them? Yeah, that defence was sensational. We saw Paddy Jackson just before half-time. Uh, he hit Khaleesi, I think it was Ramulan on the left mm. touch line, and pushed him into touch when it looked like a certain try for yeah. South Africa. And that probably would have been the game almost there. He really scrambled well. 13 tackles. Luke Marshall, 13 tackles. They were second in, in the tackling charts. Really good forms from those midfielders. Yeah, it, and, and you know, I think that was something that I kind of went, you know, it's a small 10-12, you know, it's not what, what we've been used to with, you know, Johnny and Robbie there uh, during the Six Nations. It's probably an area that South Africa went, okay, we're bigger men, we're going to target this area. The two lads really stood up. And I think the scramble D for the last two minutes in the, f in the first half and then the last minute, Jackson was a part of all that. You know, he, he pushed those two guys out into touch in the last minute of the uh, first half. And then in the, the last play of the game, He's a third man to that, uh, to um, Trimble and to uh, Payne, who are there, and then he's the last bit of effort that put that that puts them out into the uh, into touch. And I think that is something that probably goes unnoticed, um, but I, I think by you know I, I certainly noticed it was that scramble D from from him that, and he's a small guy, but he was really putting himself about and making all his tackles. I think that was incredible to see. Yeah, we have some stats here, 147 tackles, 34 kicks. We might talk about the kicks a little bit in a moment, but just to say on that defence, Andy Farrell's come in, he's clearly made a big impact. The players rave about him, Faz as they call mm. him, and they love talking about him in the gym for some reason. Mm. He must be pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. but, but he has made an impact. The, the mindset was just so aggressive, I thought, mm. especially at 14 men. It was almost like they enjoyed the challenge. Yeah. Let's actually go and do this. And I thought, because Farrell has spoken about, I'm going to build on Les Kiss's strength, the choke tackle was even more effective. Mm. And now you've got guys getting in there and stripping the ball yeah. away and, and taking that chance, not just to get a scrum turnover, but actually play away from it a little bit. What were the elements maybe that you saw? Because South Africa tried to play wide and it looked like they were making gains, but maybe they didn't get the, re the results from it. I, I think you, you in that last six, seven minutes of the, of the first half, you'll see a lot, especially in the first two, three phases of what Andy Farrell's trying to bring in. You find that there was a scrum um, over here, uh, just on the 10 metre line or line out. They went to width, um, but Ireland had brought such line speed in the middle of the park, five, six, seven steps, that the Springboks had to go deep, deep, deep. Then they ended up with a rook on, on the 10. No gain line made whatsoever. Next one came around the corner into the middle of the park. Actually, gain line win for Ireland. They got up, they got off the line. And then, unfortunately, they were down to 13 men, so it just became a numbers issue then. They went wide again, but the scramble D that we've spoken about got them, got them out of danger. And then, like that, the choke tackle came in and Henderson ripped the ball out of his opposite number, turn, and, and they managed to clear their lines. Same thing happened in the second half. Rory Best, he had two turnovers in the space of two minutes. One maybe a bit dodgy, um, but the, and then second, and then the one about 90 seconds later, choke tackle opportunity, strip the ball straight away, Payne clears the lines down the pitch. So, in, and I think that's a big thing that probably Andy Farrell has brought in. It's those first, and if you watch, you know, Saracens play very similar to what, um, you know, he started that defence with them and he, sparked, he started that wolf pack mentality. And I think you'll see that Ireland will, will keep building on that. So they'll build on the first five, six, seven steps off the line in the middle of the park. Then you'll see them they're a bit softer on the edge. But they'll have made their gain line by getting so, so high up the field in the defensive line. So they can, they can taper on the edge. And I think that's something that he's just building, building, building all the time. And obviously not being happy with a choke, so not being happy with creating creating them all and then lying there 
but actually opportunities to, when you have someone, there's two or three in there, actually try and take the ball uh, and move it off, which they did yesterday at two, three really important times. Um, and I think the Henderson and especially the Rory Best one in the in the second half, South Africa had their you know their their tails in the air there. They were you know starting to really kind of play a bit, three, four, five phases, and then two turnovers, and that kills the attack. Yeah, really interesting, really interesting to see how that develops with 15 players in the pitch, especially mm. that structure, because it did look. That's a fascinating point because it did look at times where they're making gains in the outside channels, but but as you say there, that makes perfect sense. You're actually winning the space before the tackle mm. out there, and, and it's not much ground. Re really interesting start for Andy Farrell. Let's talk about that kicking strategy from Ireland. There were 34 kicks that we mentioned earlier on, and quite a high majority of them came in the second half. Uh, we'll talk about the box kicks later on because people were, were probably raging about that last night, or after the match, certainly. Uh, the key stat, I think, is 1 minute 12 seconds, South African possession in the, in the Ireland 22 in the second half, which is quite remarkable considering they had that advantage of an extra man. Ireland kicked the ball really well, and they kind of kept South Africa out of dangerous areas where those big carriers can get on the ball. Um, the box kicks were key, but the grubber, ki grubber kicking that you mentioned earlier on was, was really impressive. Four grubber kicks, all of them really accurate down those 15-meter kind of tram lines. Uh, and we have a scenario set up here. It's in the second half. Ends with Vili LaRue dropping the ball into touch. I thought he had a really bad game, actually. He was one of their leaders who yeah. let him down. But, but the ball gets to Henshaw here. What's the scenario in the defence? What are Ireland actually trying to manipulate with, with these grubber kicks? I think the big thing is that you're actually kicking off second set of hands. So you're kicking off Robbie, you're not kicking off first set, you're not kicking off Jackson. Because by doing that, so the ball, when it moves from Jackson to Henshaw here, that means the winger has to come up because the, the line is here. So you have to defend, you have to try and defend a two on two, which yeah. then creates the space down here. And the winger, uh, sorry, the, foot, the 15 has to, close the gate, has to close the gate in here. But as you say, he didn't have a fantastic game. So you're putting him under pressure all the time. A good, accurate kick into the 15. He has no space to clear out anyway. So the, if, even if he does take it up, you're going to get, it's such a tight angle, you're going to get the ball back inside your half. But uh, I think that's the big thing. Moving the point to the second set of hands so the winger comes up and creates the space. Then as you say, a real grubber kick, hard to take. And then even if he does take it, he has a tough touch finder. But as he did, he ended up, knocking it on, ball and touch, Ireland ball in, in yeah. the 22, which is a massive gain from this area of the park yeah. and lifts the forwards. Remember, the forwards are they're scrumming with a winger at, at, at six. for pretty the well, pretty he, well. He did, to be fair, he, he, he did pretty well. But what a boost that gives the front row, who are working as hard as they can. They get up off the scrum and then they're, they're running to a line-out. You know, they're running to a line-out, their own line-out in the 22, which just lifts the whole team. It, it's... It, it, it was a really, I think it was something that they definitely looked at because it wasn't by chance that those four or five are, are used. They were very accurate. It was something they've obviously practiced. And it just gives your forward pack in that situation. You're, 40, you're, you're one man down for 60 minutes to get up out of a scrum at that stage of the game and run to your own line out in the 22 is a huge, huge boost for the team. Mm. For that 15, like is that, the, is that the hardest part of being a fullback, all that backfield? Because Ireland, are, they, they have a strong understanding in the backfield, mm. especially under Joe Smith. I think people talk about playing space, but sometimes the space is with your boot, and, mm. and they do it quite well, I think. Is, is it very difficult to marshal that space, or, and how important is that relationship there? It's, the it's massive, because I think, you're, I think, for me, the back three all, all comes about by having, you'd, you'd like them all to be tied by a massive, uh, a massive elastic band so you're all dragged so you work in tandem like this you work in your pendulum and you keep moving but if someone doesn't move so for instance if they move this and 15 moves over here and you have a 
a, you have a rook here, all this space is here if the if the blindside winger doesn't cover you. Okay. So and it works everywhere. One guy clicks out like in the um, like for the for the try in the first half. We spoke about the nine not filling his role. One guy clicks out. There's space there, and that's what filling the field means. That there is space, you know, and that was something that a lot of coaches I had, Rob Penny especially, was that by filling the field, there is space. Now you just have to find it and decide whether you, you run, you kick, or you pass there. Yeah. So I, I think that's something, and the back, back three is so important in that because one guy drops out of the pendulum and then you, there's just not enough, there's just too much space for one guy to cover. And um, I think Ireland exploited that very well yesterday. But then in their own back, own back three, you see that <laughs> out of most scrums, Trimble gets up and then he has to leg it back to his own, leg it back to his own, uh, to his own position to fulfil that role in the back three. And I think you find that the kicking that went on by South Africa was always covered, be it Jackson back there, Payne. Not a whole lot of their their kicks landed or went to space. They always found an Irishman, so they definitely won that kick kick battle. And those kick kick battles I know people were saying oh you know it's not fantastic and you know it's not the way but in a game like that it is you know it's a pressure game you're, you're one man down winning the kick kick battle can win you a game yeah you mentioned that South African kicking and that definitely relates into that stat like they just couldn't get the territory they needed to actually grab hold of the game and, and Ireland managed it really well like uh, I had a lot of tweets from people saying why does Conor Murray keep, keep kicking the ball with a box kick late in the game, he's not even kicking for distance. That goes back to actually that pressure back on South Africa, though. Is, is that the thinking behind those box kicks? Yeah, I think uh, I th it's just a one. It's relieving pressure, but also creating pressure in what what Ireland obviously thought was a weak, a weak South African back back three. But if you give them space, then yes, they can cut you open. They're all fantastic open field runners, but you put them under pressure, and they're not fantastic in the, in the high ball. Um, and I think that's. That's something they targeted, and they won that battle. Um, in a game like yesterday, you're, you're a man down for 60 minutes. It's about playing in the correct areas. So people can say, oh, yeah, look, they're not playing free-flowing free rugby or, or, or that. But it's about turning what you have and using what you have to your advantage. Winning the kick-kick battle is what essentially won them game won them game along with their defence. So... I think it's important that people just realise that was just the way the game fell, mm. and they have to play that way. Um, Connor's kicks were yesterday were a bit shorter, but they were all the majority of them were all contestable, yeah. and I think that was a big, big, big help and a big push to why um, Ireland won the game in the end. Mm. Really interesting in the backfield as well that, that Jared Payne. That, sorry. Really interesting in the backfield as well that Jared Payne was positioned at 15. People have been calling for this for, for a long, long time. They finally get what they want. Joe Schmidt puts him at 15, probably through mm. injury and force changes, but his stats were really impressive. 77 run metres, the four offloads, I thought, and some exceptional efforts. We'll, mm. we'll maybe touch on that a bit more. Three defenders beaten. He was also good at, at kind of controlling that position, as, as you talked about. He had that big hit in the, in the corner in the final mm. minute. Really, really impressive performance. I know you're a fan. Is that maybe a sign of what Ireland can do now with him at 15? I think so. Um, I, as I say, I'm a big fan of Jerry Payne. I think he he just glides. Um, and what he, he has this ability at 15, especially with the space that you get at 15 to attack, is he, puts, he sits defenders down, puts them on, on their heels for just that split second, which then creates the doubt of the outside man. So if, we're defending, if you're defending together, Payne has the ball here, he just 
has a tiny little step in which will sit the defender down so then he can get to the outside and then creates the doubt here for the winger to, to turn his shoulders and like you saw yesterday those four offloads came from the outside man turning their shoulders him getting his hands free and then that Sonny Bill style yeah. style offload on twice the, on down, the twice down the right wasn't it and yeah. Trimble got, got the line break from yeah. it he's probably one of the players who has that it's not a natural instinct but he's, he's got that training instinct for an yeah. offload and it was great to see him given that freedom to do it and it looked like he had a license to go, say Joe said to him go, look go and create that's what you mm -hmm. do at 15 it, it's really positive to see that I think it's a really exciting element of Ireland's play. And I think that he, he will find also in, a, in, a, in attacking, uh, sorry, defensively, he, he's a fantastic communicator. Anyone I spoke to about him, and that's why he's such a good defensive player at 13, because he communicates so well. And I, I, I think people probably underestimate the chat and the talk that a 15 can give in that pendulum situation and in the backfield, just controlling, continually talking to to your winger saying, oh, I have last, I have last, I've got this, I've got the kick, I've got, you know, and, and those, that just breeds confidence through the whole team, especially in the front line. If you hear someone out the back talking very, very correctly, calmly, and very clear, it just gives you that confidence that, okay, I can go forward, I can go off the line here. And I think that's a big thing that Payne adds to, um, to the team in, in terms of just his general communication, both in attack and defence. So Ireland have their first ever win on South African soil. Amazing history, but I think their mindset is going to be looking forward to a series win, which they probably always have targeted. I think I was surprised, to be honest, by the box. I, I felt they were very poor. I expected a lot more. Alistair could see over in South Africa is already under pressure. Mm -hmm. Now people are asking questions, saying nothing's changed. The game plan it was hard to say exactly what they're trying to do. They didn't, they didn't really cut Ireland apart too, too much. Is the series there for, for Ireland? Is this a real opportunity now for, for Ireland to go and claim? Yeah, more history. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I think it's it's all about this week because, you know, that's South Africa's first game, I think, or first time they've been together since the World Cup. So it's they are going to be a bit rusty. And I, I, I think this week is another another opportunity for Ireland. Um, the more time they spend with each other, South Africa, the better they're going to be. Um, so I think this week is is a massive week and they can have it, they can have it wrapped up. I was... Like you, was a bit sceptical about you know the guys that are, are out missing everything. But after yesterday, you know it's hard as an Irishman not to get carried away. But yeah, there is you know it, it's um, there's a big opportunity there too because as you say, they're trying to play a new way. It takes a while to find your feet to know what what exactly the new coach wants. So there is a big opportunity here for Ireland, and I think it's great for them that they got them first up and that they've got that first win under their belt. You know, I think that's such a confidence booster. And people, when you're in a, when a new coach comes in and you're in a dressing room after a loss, first two, three games, you do start to doubt yourself a small bit. You know, you doubt why kind of change or, you know, are we used to this new way of playing? And I think that's, you know, if Ireland can, can use that to their advantage this weekend, they have another fantastic opportunity. Yeah, Altitude and Joburg, maybe mm. he's going to play a role not quite sure. Ireland are fairly well conditioned. It's been mm. a long season, though. In terms of the team, like as we speak, CJ Sander, we're not quite sure in his situation. He faces a hearing, so he could be out of it. But we know that Joe Schmidt doesn't like to really change a winning formula. It doesn't really make sense now when you mm. have this opportunity. Do you think he's going to stick with the same same uh, fifteen if CJ Sander is available? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't. I, I don't think there'd be any need for change. Um, Bar it was a very bruising encounter, obviously. So there might be some lumps and bumps early in the week. But you know, you would have think he'd just. Uh, 
stay status quo and, and try and kick on. Um, the good, I suppose, the good thing from an Irish perspective is they are very strong in the in, in the back row. It'd be obviously very disappointing if he did lose CJ, but you know I think Reese Rudder came on yesterday and he carried very well. Ulton Delan, another option. You know, you know you could play him at second row and move Henderson to six and and keep you know um, Reese Rudder on the bench to bring his physicality off the bench, and I think it creates opportunities for for other people. But you you have a like for like in Reese coming in for CJ directly or you can unleash Henderson on them at six, gives them more of a free roll, and they'll have more energy to, to carry around the park. So I wouldn't be, you know, it, it'd obviously be very disappointed for CJ if, if he didn't get an opportunity to go out this weekend. But, you know, I think the back row is certainly where they have options and they have ball carrying options there as well. Yeah, real encouraging to see Paddy Jackson step up to the level he did. It was interesting that it happened without Sean O'Brien, without Johnny Sexton, and in particular Johnny Sexton at half, who was such an overbearing, important figure for Ireland, brilliant player, obviously. Mm -hmm. But was there maybe a sense that other guys are now getting the chance to step up? That without Sexton, there's maybe more leaders across the board. There's not just one guy that they pass to a first receiver every mm. time. I think so, and I think it comes down to um, you know Jackson and Marshall having played uh, played with Ulster for so long together, and they know each other so well. So they don't even probably have to talk. You know, they, they just things just happen for them because they know that Jackson's going to be here, Marshall's going to be here, and you have that you have that second distributor at 12 which takes a small bit of pressure off off Paddy you know he mean it means that okay I can just catch stand in the liver and give you know give Marsh the ball see see what see what he can do but also for that break that he had we spoke about earlier on gives him the chance to be a threat at the at the line you know two forwards beside each other yeah okay give me the ball I'm going to take that on and I think that was what for me I was extremely impressed by that he controlled the game and his defensive effort was was amazing but sometimes when you feel that you haven't got enough opportunity which I'm sure Paddy has felt he's kind of you know ebbed and flowed in terms of our Ireland opp opportunities where you know I think he would has a chip on his shoulder and he wanted to prove that he could do it what better place to do it down in South Africa against men that are physically way bigger than him so he really stood up for me yesterday. Fascinating to see if you can back it up again. Johnny, thanks a million for joining us. Really appreciate your ins insight. And, and thanks everyone at home for watching. History beckons for Ireland in Joburg next weekend. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and we'll catch you next week.